We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast. You guys on Twitter submitted your most pressing concerns for this Chargers team and what worries you most moving forward. So we're going to break this down to either panic or patience. Now we do have to pick one or the other. Uh, I think some people will freak out because we're we're panicking or we're being too lenient and patient, but it's the name of the game. But there's no way I could have done this without Arjun because he has a very unique perspective, very analytics-based perspective and fresh perspective on all of this. So Arjun, thanks for joining me. I know you were sick earlier this week. How are you holding up today? Uh, doing much better. Tyler, thanks for having me on. It's always fun to do more episodes, just talking Chargers, talking football. And um, I'm excited to get into some of these topics that people are concerned about on Twitter. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun, sort of, unless we all pick panic, but uh, we'll see. So in the comment section below, guys, let me know, panic, patience, which one makes you the most panicked, which one should we be the most calm about? We'll see. So we'll start off with one that I really wanted to get your opinion on this one, maybe more than any other one. And that's panic or patience for this run defense. Now, the numbers do not look good. I don't know how things have changed uh, after the Thursday night football game. But as of a couple of days ago, the Chargers gave up the third most rushing yards per game. Uh, they're still much better than the Kansas City Chiefs, although the Chiefs did face the Browns and the Ravens. So that makes their numbers pretty rough. So I know I think I know where you're going with this one, but I want to know and hear your perspective. Panic or patience on this run defense so far? Yeah, Ty, so I have to admit, this is a complete patience thing with me. I I, I am, I would say, a little bit worried, but I think um, Justin Jones being out was the biggest problem on, on this past Sunday against the Cowboys. Um, but, but here's the thing. So obviously, we know what Staley's defense is built upon. They're limiting explosive plays, which they have done very well, actually. So... Um, there's a guy, there's actually a guy on Twitter. He goes, his real name is John, I believe, but he goes by MIBPJ and he's actually a really good, uh, guy to talk to. And he's similar to me in, in that he looks at the chargers from an analytics perspective. And he put out a really cool thread saying how the chargers have one of the worst run defenses. We're all, we can all agree on that, but they are actually the best team in terms of limiting explosive plays. So 20 yards down the field. So as much as it hurts to see, you know, Zeke and Pollard picking up these five, six yard runs, the Cowboys only put up 20 points. And so, mm -hmm. you know, the, the whole point of Staley's defense is to bore the opposing offense out to make them take a deep shot and for them to make a mistake, which we saw 
with the interception um, of Dak Prescott from Asante Samuel. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. I do think this is patience. Now, would I like to see them not give up five and a half yards per carry? Sure. <laughs> yeah. If you want to invite the yeah. run, but not give up five and a half yards per carry, that's fine. But I believe at least before the Ravens game, there was a stat where the Kansas City Chiefs with Mahomes had played 17 games where the opposing rusher rushed somewhere between somewhere between four and a half and like eight yards per carry. And the Chiefs only lost one of those games. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of the name of the game. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are right here, by far the worst so far, but no one's even worried about them. So yeah, I am going to be patient on this one. We'll talk about some of the reasons this run defense isn't doing that well. But yes, I'm going to say patience, even though the numbers don't look good. They're still not scoring a lot of points on this Chargers team. Prescott yeah. didn't do it against the Rams last year, where they handed the ball off to Zeke 20-something times, and they didn't do it this year, where they handed the ball off to the, the running backs what is it, 30 something times? Only 20 points. So you pass you pass the score run to win, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the next one will be a hot topic. I'm so glad that you found the original poll that we had sent out <laughs> about Storm Norton. Because after that first game, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so confident in him. I think that yeah. the like the majority of our uh polled fans were between like a five confidence and like an eight confidence out of ten. Yeah. And that was after the first game. After the second game, everyone's like, please fire him. Get him out there. I'll take anything <laughs> at this point. So it's been fun to watch the evolution of Chargers fans. But this is kind of a two-parter. It's Storm Norton and it's Brian Balaga. Storm Norton obviously gave up nine pressures against Micah Parsons in the Dallas front. Balaga is injured. He could be back in two more games, but we'll see. So is this a panic thing or a patience thing for you right now? Yeah, this is this is full blown panic. Like this is Godzilla <laughs> on Tokyo right now. Like I, as soon as Belaga went down, like okay, Norton did well against Washington. The the point I brought up in my in my episode was like the Chargers had the whole offseason to prepare for Washington, right? Norton mm -hmm. had a week to prepare for Dallas and less even to prepare for just Parsons, who Staley mm -hmm. said, or it was Staley or Herbert, like they said we knew Parsons was going to play D end, so. Right. And so, like, you know, I wasn't expecting too much out of Storm, but for him sure. to give up nine pressures against a rookie who just made the transition in one, like, less than a week, that's yeah. pretty bad. And the, like I said, the one thing I've known in my time and so far in just studying analytics stuff, mm -hmm. you, you always have to take the larger sample size data over the smaller one. So the, mm -hmm. the sample data from the play we had last year mattered more to me than what we saw mm -hmm. in less than, less than a half of play. Right. So, this is a full-blown panic um, until Bulaga gets back, and I I do have faith in Bulaga when he's when he's on the field. But yeah, I I I am not super confident in Norton holding up. And the the last sorry the last point I want to bring up is like it felt like he was letting Parsons go inside every time, and like <laughs> yeah, you know. So when he is when Parsons goes inside, right, Herbert has to go, scramble to his right. So that's mm -hmm. completely taking away him throwing to the left part of the field. And so if they're running some type of like mesh concept where mm. you know, Keenan or Mike are running, is running a crosser over the middle to the left, he can't even throw, throw to that anymore because Parsons, you know, he's going inside. So wasn't too impressed. Um, they're definitely going to need to help him out in the games going forward. Yeah, it's going to be tough moving forward for sure. When I did, I have a video coming out at noon Pacific today about their red zone woes. And of the five categories of reasons for their red zone woes, there's just a category that's Storm Norton unfortunately and then there's just it just didn't look good and it's it's so funny because you watch chris jones who's an amazing interior defensive lineman he goes to play edge and he looks 
awful. Like he does not look yeah. good. He did not look good against Alejandro Villanueva, who got killed by Max Crosby. You know, so you think someone like Parsons going from linebacker to edge, which he admittedly hasn't played since high school, apparently, you think he'd have some sort of shot against a guy who just like is getting used to it or comfortable or something, and yet he gets nine pressures. <laughs> it was bad. Um, I, I he has a 90 efficiency grade for that day. I'm surprised it wasn't lower, to be honest. Uh, but it is what it is. So I will say panic on this one, especially because you can't rely on Balaga. If Balaga were a healthier guy and I knew he'd come back and he'd play the rest of the season, maybe not so much panic. But right now, Norton's going against, you know, again, Chris Jones, Miles Garrett, everything that the Ravens will throw at them, Max yeah. Crosby. It's going to be a pretty rough few games for sure. All right, let's go to the next one. This one's been a topic of debate for sure. A lot of frustration among Chargers fans. Some people want to say patience. Some people do want to say panic. I think it's leaning, at least towards the fan base, I think it's leaning towards panic. I know Steven has been more patient with him. I personally haven't liked the pick since they selected him, unfortunately, and it just hasn't quite panned out. Last year, he started really hot, and then things kind of just fizzled out. There was that exchange between defensive end and, and defensive tackle, and things kind of got messed around. So you're thinking this player you know, is able, is able to sit the entire preseason out because the coach says that he had a phenomenal camp. Phenomenal. And maybe he did. Right. That that word is still a, a whole different subject for me. <laughs> I don't buy that he had a phenomenal camp. But again, you have to trust the, the head coach here. But then he comes out and puts up a zero pass rush win rate and a zero uh, pass rush productivity score against the Washington football team. And then against the Dallas Cowboys, he did have a better game, but he was still in that first half pushed around quite a bit. So I'm curious where you're going with this one. I don't know how you even feel about the pick to begin with. Um, so is this panic or patience with Jerry Tillery for you right now? Yeah, I mean, the, the pick, I I thought we were going to take Jawan Taylor back in 2019, yeah. but I, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize like he had the, the knee injury or exactly. something. So, um, but yeah, I, I was saying offensive line in that draft, but that, that's besides the point. Right now, sure. I'm at the point, honestly, this was the toughest one to really like prepare for and just think about. Right, because we like I really just don't know what Tillery can do if if he's in the like in the prime in a prime situation versus like he has to manu manufacture stuff for his, himself. Yeah. So with that being said, I still I'm gonna go with patience on this one. I I I think he's shown flashes. I read uh, Daniel Popper's um, film room breakdown mm -hmm. on Tillery, and I think he did a good job like showing some highlights, but also showing where he's getting pushed around by you know Terrence Steele, undrafted free agent. <laughs> the, the the biggest the biggest question for me is uh, is Brandon Staley using Tillery in like an Aaron Donald type role and I know that sounds weird but Donald right. himself commands so many double teams that mm -hmm. I wonder if Tillery with his height and his like like sort of athleticism off the ball since he's not like a heavier D tackle right you know is he commanding a lot of double teams and like i don't think that's something pff charts so that would be like something like an espn metric but mm -hmm. if he's getting double teamed a lot then his stats are not going to be as good but that should also be freeing up bosa nuosu and whoever the opposite d tackle is which should be just justin jones but covington's look pretty good so um i do think tillery like we need to wait on it a little bit um but i i am i wouldn't i would be lying if i said i wasn't worried just because he really hasn't shown anything. Mm -hmm. But I, I think Staley said it best. Like, I, I just don't know what his use is, like how they're coaching him and how they plan to use him. Like, is he the guy to command double teams to take pressure off everyone else? Or is his goal 
to be the one to get the one-on-ones, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a great way to look at it. And I, I certainly think that people, especially without the all 22 available to most people, people yeah. have been wondering like, hey, is he just committing that double team or is he just losing his one-on-ones? Is he just losing his double teams? I don't know. I am going to go with patience for this one. I know people will argue that he doesn't deserve to be, you know, Lars to be patient with him because it's been since 2019. But the guy has had some rough breaks and perhaps a defensive coordinator that wasn't working well with him. So it's only been two games in, even though it's been three years, or we're in his third year, 1920, yeah, we're in his third year. You know, he hasn't really had full off seasons. I, I'm very close to panic. And I think in a few more games, if he puts up some goose eggs or he just <laughs> yeah. doesn't look good or he gets you know pushed around, I, I think it's sometime around the bye. Maybe I can start saying panic, but I will be patient for now because it is pretty early, but I, I'm very close to panic. And then Steven is going to do a breakdown. He's already done the full breakdown of the Chargers run defense, and that's going to be dropping pretty soon. And I, <laughs> that might make me lean towards panic, but we'll see because he is, he is a bit more of a fan of, of yeah. Tillery than I am. Okay, the next one, you pointed out a stat that the Chargers are the worst in the league right now, I believe, in third down, or excuse me, in red zone, touchdown percentage. And then the it's like the third worst score or rate since 2016 or whatever. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, it's correct. Yeah, that's fine. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I know. And it's like we get we get into the red zone, and then it's like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Okay, so right before um, this, we started recording. The the guy I talked about earlier, John, aka MIBPJ, he actually wrote a really cool article uh, mm. today on Friday. So what he found was right now the Chargers have the second worst efficiency in the red zone per EPA, if that makes sense. So like, I know we yeah, said gotcha. third worst in points per drive in the red zone. There's second worst in terms of EPA. Now, this is only because Herbert's thrown two picks and had that BS sack fumble. Right. And so when you turn the ball over in the red zone, you're going to lose a ton of expected points. Okay, so that's sure. what's driving down the Chargers efficiency in the red zone. Now, I went back, um, looked at some of the red zone play calling, and it just, it, it seems like that, it seems like the Chargers are trying to run a lot of the stuff they've run, um, like in the mid, like when they're at the 50, they're trying to put mm. that in the red zone, and it doesn't mm -hmm. work. And I think you have to be able to run the ball in the red zone. Like, this is the one time you'll hear me advocating to run the ball. <laughs> like, every, yeah. like, you guys know as a, from film guys, like, everything shrinks in the red zone, right? So, like, the margin for error, like, becomes like much, much uh, higher or smaller, smaller. So if you can't run the ball, then defenses are not going to like, they're, they're going to take away everything uh, available to pass. And right. this is where like uh, you brought up Storm Norton earlier. Like he just can't, he's a liability in the red zone in terms of like being able to block a guy. So this is where you have to rely on like running behind Rashawn Slater and Matt Filer or putting an extra guy into block for Austin Eckler and Larry Roundtree. Because this is another, this is, because I'll point this out. The Chargers are actually the third best offense outside the red zone per EPA. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take that information, do it, do, you know, whatever you want with it. But they are very good outside the red zone. But once they enter, they just turn into like this mess that I really, I think it, I just don't know how to explain it. I really don't. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah so, oh, sorry. I'll, I didn't give my answer. This is still patience for me. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with patience as well. After reviewing the Dallas game, the Washington football team game just seemed like I could mostly chalk it up to drops. 
Whereas this past game against the Dallas Cowboys, it was, you know, penalties that were called, penalties that weren't called, turnovers, guys tripping, Storm Norton, you know, predetermined throws. It was just a combination of things. And I think that's going to be too much for them to overcome in one week against the Chiefs where they absolutely have to be perfect. But yeah. I do think it's something that they can overcome in the future. Um, so I'm going to say patience for now. I think they're too talented and they've admitted that they're probably going to lean on the run uh, more in the red zone because they have a pretty good, you know, pretty solid group of, of rushers and they have a really good offensive line, particularly to that left side. So I'll say yeah. I'll say patience for now. They won't, they're not they're not going to be so good at moving the ball yet so bad at moving the ball in the red zone for that long. I think things will turn around. But part of the reason they can't score in the red zone is because of these penalties. And the Chargers, again, I don't know how things changed with last night's game. The last I checked, they were third in the league with penalties. Uh, they are currently on pace for 153 penalties this season. I don't expect that to hold up, but that's not good considering last year in a 16-game season, I believe they had 85. So is this a panic or patience for you, Arjun? Um, this is a panic for me. Um, mm, okay. This is, a, this is actually a scary trend I noticed in the preseason. Chargers yeah. rank second in penalties in the preseason, mm. um, according to our PFF charting. Um, and they're, uh, I think this is what you have on the screen is accepted penalties. The Chargers right. are tied for second for the most penalties just through, through two weeks, minus mm -hmm. the Carolina-Houston game. Mm -hmm. So this is a panic for me, and I just I don't know if, if we coach it up to bad coaching, like for bad technique, or I think the refs are calling a lot more flags, but the Chargers need, need to be much better in terms of like not allowing these penalties to ruin their, like their offensive momentum going forward. Yeah, this is, I definitely do want to say panic and you pointing out the preseason, this is not really being a two game trend, but actually a preseason into this season trend. Do I want to say panic or patience here? Do I think that they're going to be, get called on everything moving forward? Do I think they'll hit 153 penalties at the end of the year? God, I hope not, because I do not want to watch that football game yeah. that season. But uh, it is a bit of a panic right now, and it's not a strong panic. I'm not saying the sky is falling, but it is limiting what they can do. And unfortunately, in this division, you know, against the Kansas City Chiefs, you make two penalties, and it's over. You're going to lose the game. You give Mahomes one more shot or whatever. Like It was really frustrating watching the game. And I know that the refs did call or not call some penalties that were very wishy-washy, but like, Trey Pipkins getting a face mask on a field goal. I don't think I've ever seen that. Now, I don't know if that was legit. I don't know if that's a good call, bad call. But how do you? How does that happen? The team just seems in different areas. Yes, the refs could not call some things. That would be nice. But it just seems that they are really off right now. And the penalties, that's just not good, especially when your offense is working so well. It was frustrating watching the All-22 because the All-22 we have, it doesn't show the down and distance or time uh, in between each play. So we just have them going from like the 30, then a 20-yard play to the 50, which you see in that play. And then the next play, they start at the 40 because they went back 10 yards. It was so yeah. frustrating to follow because they would get 50, the only gain, you know, four, like, or go backwards yeah. 24. It was such a mess. So I think they can correct this, but for right now, it is a bit of a panic, especially heading to Kansas City. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, the next one, another part of potentially their red zone woes, is Donald Parham not getting involved? So far, he has not had a catch that has counted. I believe he has had one target that has counted. Their target was that long touchdown, but that was negated by, I believe, a Jared Cook penalty, which was a very like obvious call penalty. So Parham has not been involved, despite the fact that I think we've seen him in training camp getting very involved. And then even last year in that offense, whether it's against the Bucks or the Jags or that last game against the Chiefs, when it came down to the red zone, they were tar- targeting Donald Parham, and they've they've sort of let Mike Williams be that for them right now. But you do have another guy, and I, granted, I don't think Donald Parham's as reliable as Mike Williams right now, but he is another option, and there was a play uh, either in the red zone or somewhere between the 30 and the, and the goal line where Donald Parham was wide open raising his arm, and Herbert just flat out missed him. So, yeah, you know, it's a tough call. It definitely it's very early. I don't think he's not a guy we expected to have tons of targets and touchdowns and everything, but... His lack of involvement so far raises questions. So is this panic for you or is this patience? Um, honestly, I, I think this is a little bit of like a panic situation. Um, okay. So out of the 103 dropbacks Herbert's been on, Parm's only gone um, on routes on only 27 of them. So Wow. I, okay. I don't wow. know that calculation. but So that's like a 26%. Pretty so – you know, obviously, we knew Jared Cook was going to be tight end one. It doesn't seem like they're running a ton of 12 personnel, um, mm-hmm. which I, I understand. But I, like like I said, the, the margin for error in the red zone is so small. I just, I, I'm just i confused why you wouldn't try to use someone like Donald Parham more. Um, I'm not a huge fan of running like goal line fades, mm-hmm. uh, but Brandon Sealy said in his presser, like, you know, it's it's analytically bad, but if you run into the right guy, then it's a, it's a high percentage play. Right. Is Donald Parham one of those guys? I'm not sure. But yeah, I would like to see him more involved, especially in the red zone, because I do think he's just a weapon that no one else has. But he might also be a guy that Joe Lombardi's really never had a chance to use. Mm, yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I definitely like seeing Parham, or excuse me, Cook getting involved, or Allen, or Williams, or whatever. But this weapon is such a unique weapon. And you brought him on, and you practiced so much with him. Him about not being used so far is a bit of a panic for me. Will I do? I, will he get more targets moving forward? Will he not have zero receptions the rest of the year? Sure. Like, of course, he's going to catch more passes. He's going to have his touchdowns here and there. But the lack of usage is surprising so far. So that kind of leans into the next one and our second to last topic. That's Joe Lombardi's offense right now in terms of obviously yards per game. Again, a lot of things have changed, but the yards per game looks good. They can definitely move the ball. But then for different reasons, they, they don't work out in the red zone. So they're not scoring a bunch. Personally, I'm going to say patience for this one because 
I did see a change or at least an addition to this offense or multiple additions to this offense from week one to week two. We saw Mike Williams catch a slide right running from behind the line of scrimmage and out to the flat. That was new. Them being very quick to the line. That was at least on that particular play. That was new. They had Herbert run the ball once. That was new. They got Austin Eckler more involved than they did week one. So that was not unexpected, but it was new compared to week one. So I do think there are some different things being worked in. I was a little more impressed with Lombardi in week one as opposed to week two, but I'm going to say patience for now, especially because we all know it's going to take, you know, it, again, it took Reason Payton two years just to get, get, get caught up to speed here and become a dominant offense. So this is probably, if anything, the most long-term patience for me, not just this season, yeah. but even into next season. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, and before I give my answer, I want to ask, so I have like three kind of questions and like, things I okay. want you to answer. So number one, okay. how funny would it be to see Donald Parham running a seam route and Tyron Matthew, like five, nine trying to guard him. <laughs> like, and like, I feel yeah. like Matthew would still come away with the pick just because like that's possibly that's how, like how much of a ball hockey is. So yeah. that was something I thought of just watching that <laughs> game. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so here's the thing with, with Lombardi. I think he's called a pretty good game. The first couple games, um, so he ranks right now seventh in play action percentage, um, mm. something that I, I wanted to see the Chargers be super high in because Herbert was pretty solid last year. Mm -hmm. um, but but here, here's another question. So, okay, um, the Chargers right now, PFF uh, per our Chargers, they have they have the Chargers as having the second most contested catches. Hmm. So. So the Chargers are only behind the Titans in the highest percentage of their catches as being called contested. Right. So is this a so I'm going to ask you, do you think this is a coordinator thing? So is Lombardi just not scheming up good plays mm -hmm. or is it the thing we've talked about all offseason that we don't have a real separator outside of Keenan Allen? And as much as I think Mike Williams has improved, which he has, is mm -hmm. is the Chargers catches being contested at a high as relatively high rate on the receivers or is it on Joe Lombardi? Yeah, it's to me because I think they've let Mike Williams be a better version of himself. And even though he's not getting jump ball contested catches, yeah. they are letting him, you know, catch a lot of balls that are going to be contested or very close. I think I want to say it's a coordinator sort of thing, but it's in a good way where they're getting Mike Williams involved. Like, I don't think it's not, I don't think it's because he's not drawing guys open. I do think yeah. like, again, like Donald Parham was drawn wide the frick open on a mm. seam route and, and Herbert missed him or um, Jared Cook was wide open on, I believe a post in the, in the red zone and he was open. And, you know, so I, I really think it's technically, yes, it's on the coordinator because they're trying to get the ball to Mike Williams, but I think yeah. it's because it's Mike Williams. I don't know. A little, little wishy-washy. Maybe I need more games on this one. Okay. Second, next question. So, okay. I, I, yeah, I don't want to. Sorry, I, I don't want to make this sound like I'm quizzing you or something. But no, I like it. Let's do it. So, so on the Donald Parham touchdown that was called back, mm -hmm. have you had a chance to to watch it again? And can you identify what type of uh, uh, like play concept that was? I did not get a chance to watch that one. Okay. Yeah. So, if you get a chance with all twenty two or whatever, watch that again. And they actually ran the league concept which oh, Kyle okay. Shanahan and McVay have used extensively, yeah. right? Where they run a play action, the tight mm -hmm. end leaks. So he, go, he starts on one side, 
he leaks slowly to the other boundary and then he takes off up the up the sideline which is mm-hmm. why parm was so wide open he started on the right gotcha. side of the formation ended up at on the left sideline wide open mm-hmm. for a touchdown shane day yeah. that's what he was brought over to do pass yeah. coordinator i love to see it um i watched all i watched that play again i was like that's that's leak that's shanahan that's shane day <laughs> so nice. loved that and um my dang i had one more question um uh okay so i'll just give my take on this i think this is okay. a patience thing also you know lombardi um he he does seem like he's gotten better he's not calling as many screens i do think they were tripped up a little bit there were a couple of times where like they ran a weird screen on like a on a fake blitz or something i think that's more mm-hmm. of a herbert like misdiagnosing the defense mm-hmm. oh, so i remember the question so what coverage do you think teams have run against the chargers the most often Ooh, that's a great question consider well i mean i would assume it's it was last week was a cover three defense wasn't it i know i know uh quinn mixes it up but i'll, I'll just say cover three because they played dallas last week and they had quinn yeah so that's that's a good guess um but it, it would actually be cover four so this is quarters okay yeah so so what you know when we talk about you know why haven't the chargers had those 50 yard bombs to guide in where's the mm-hmm. deep shots in this offense well teams are not teams are, are are being smart about it they're not letting herbert just you know launch the ball down the field playing cover one playing uh cover two they're gonna they're playing a lot of cover four and they're forcing teams yeah they're forcing justin herbert to take the checkdowns, which as pff eric eager said in his interview with steven Herbert wasn't that good at last year. He wasn't good at mm. taking those doubles or taking those intermediate throws. Right. So teams are running a lot more quarters this year. They're they've run it against the Chargers at the highest rate, and that's something that I'm ex- I'm expecting the Chiefs to do this week, and then also Brandon Steely to do against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I like it. Do you know how often? Mahomes has faced quarters through his career, and I'm just curious if you knew how how good he happened happened to be against quarters. Um, that, I, there's no way you would have known that unless you knew it or didn't. Like, sorry yeah, to throw that one at you. Not against. So in his career, I don't I don't have that with me, but I actually I have it. Um, how he did last year, if, if okay. you want that number, sure. Just, um, so I wrote a quick. I wrote an article for PFF about this, like how each quarterback performed. Mm-hmm. Um, against each coverage so Mahomes against cover four in 2020 had like a 0.13 EPA mm-hmm. which out of every single coverage except cover zero and cover six that was his lowest performance in terms of efficiency so interesting you know it kind of expect I kind of expect Brandon Slade to play a lot of quarters which ironically is within a system yeah no interesting Mahomes Interesting. Cover zero is not good against. I mean, I guess they don't have. I mean, they have Hill, they have Kelsey, and they definitely have guys that can can win against cover zero. But then I guess the other guys, maybe not so much. I'm still surprised that he's not good against cover zero. Interesting. Yeah, and but but the problem here with cover four is like the Mahomes is going to take the checkdowns. He's proved like throughout his career, yeah. he's proven that he's not going to play hero ball. But do the Chargers have the guys to make that tackle? Like remember, right. you remember that the Byron Pringle touchdown or the Travis Kelsey touchdown, the Ravens just let them break like four tackles each. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, the end of the half touchdown, Kenneth Murray completely overshoots 
CD Lamb. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's mm -hmm. those missed tackles will add up. And I, against the Chiefs, you really have zero room for error. Absolutely. And what a great segue. Thank you very much for segueing us to our next point. That is Kenneth Murray. We're going to talk about our last guy here, panic or patience. I was surprised to see that in the run game, Kenneth Murray's average depth of tackle among guys with 48 or more run defense snaps, which is how many he has, uh, is an eight. And that's basically the worst in the league right now. An average depth of tackle of eight in the run game is not great. Now, I would consider you'd probably need a larger sample size. You probably want half a season. This just you know, hap could happen to be one game. I don't know what it was in week one, so maybe it was different. But it feels like on film you can see him. Now, granted, he was injured in the offseason, and he was injured in the Dallas game. So you could consider that that's something that's that's holding him back, making him slow. But it just felt like even against the Washington football team, he was slow to react on his heels, not that quick. It seemed like the veteran guys, more veteran guys, I should say, like a Kaiser White, are just thinking faster right now, whereas Murray's just a step behind. So again, it, this is probably patience for me because it is so early in his career and he's just learning something new. Um, but what do you think of this so far? Yeah, no, it's a good point. And I, I think it is patience. Um, they're asking him to play faster. Um, I'm mm -hmm. not a football guy. So whatever, I guess that just means like attack the gaps. Um, and from what I understand, you know, Brandon Staley's goal with his defensive line is you, you, you're supposed to force the runners outside. So guys like Derwin James mm -hmm. and Kenneth Murray can go make that tackle. Mm -hmm. But I went back, rewatched that watch some of the Washington tape. There was, I think, the Gibson run where he broke it for like twenty six. Murray completely overshot that that yeah. right guard gap mm -hmm. and just let him, you know, break loose. So this is, I think, this is easily patience for me, just because it's, you know, we're still so young in this uh, early in the season. Right. But um, I would like to see some more like the splash plays that we like we ex kind of expect Kenneth Murray to have. Not like necessarily in coverage, but in the run game, like he he's probably hit. I think after like Justin Jones, I would probably say he's probably the second most important player in the run game, just because like yeah, because he needs to be able to make those tackles outside of the hashes, which is like which is how the Chargers are going to be forcing the rushes to to attack the Chargers defense. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really curious to see. If at all, they rotate in Drew Tranquil. I know that technically White and Tranquil are the co-starters, but they do want to get Tranquil involved in there somehow. And I don't yeah. know how you really take Kaiser White off the field, but then do they want to take Kenneth Murray off the field? I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see how they evolve this defense, if at all, moving forward. Maybe Tranquil really is just going to be a couple of snaps guy and a special teamer, and that's okay. Surprising for sure. I think you and I yeah. talked about this. The day one of training camp where it's like um kaiser white is the starting linebacker and none of us expected that because we had we thought tranquil was the green dot guy he was going to be the main starter he's going to be there the most snaps and turns out he has the least amount of snaps so far that's very interesting so arjun thank you so much for joining me um this has been great i i hope you guys that are listening aren't too panicked about anything i hope maybe you're not too patient either i hope you're just kind of right in the middle i feel like we're sort of right in the middle nothing is is too full-blown panic I think the only thing you had full-blown panic on was the penalties, right if I'm not mistaken. No, right tackle. Right tackle, right tackle yeah. was full-blown panic, and I don't really blame you for that one. So um, is there anything else that we didn't mention that you want to talk about that's maybe panic or patience, or we good? Uh, no, I think we're good. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Again, Arjun, thank you much so much for joining me. This was awesome. Hope to get you on more. 
Uh, as always, guys, please feel free to like, subscribe, and comment. Let me know what you're panicked about, what you're patient about. Are we wrong? Are we right? We're probably 100% right, so let us know that. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.